Hello and welcome to uh, Spooky Tales of the Pacific Northwest and Beyond. Um, this is Jennifer. I'm not quite sure how my voice is sounding um, through the recording. I had COVID this last week or so and um, I've still got some hoarseness going on and some uh, mild congestion. Um, I am COVID free now though, so... There we go. Just in time for the friggin' holidays. Anyway, I didn't record anything um, during this time because COVID. Uh, but today I'm going to do a um, quick little ghost stories thing from your ghost stories. And then this weekend will be an actual episode. Um, and it will be on aliens and UFO sightings as promised that I have not done yet. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. These, um, so my dogs were barking and, um, there's a huge gap here where I deleted it. So that was amazing. Fucking the hawks. Anyway, um, these are some more ghost story. Well, they're, I don't know. I wouldn't say that they were ghost stories. They're, um, some of those stories from your ghost com, And I, um, searched up some uh, UFO alien type ones and I did remember to uh, link them in the show notes this time so they should be there <clears throat> um, anyway so without further ado you know because I'm fancy um, this story is written by Apple Rose and it comes from a Georgia and it, it goes like this Oh my God, I'm having a rough time. Okay, so I know this is not a ghost story, but it is a very weird story and I will, and I think you will like it. The year was 1976 and I was 11 years old at the time. My sister and I were out for summer vacation and we got to stay up late and watch TV with our mom. My dad worked nights. My mother and I were night owls. I still am, but my sister could not hang and went on to bed. <laughs> Same, like I, I can't hang. The house we lived in at the time was a modest home and located in a very good neighborhood. Our TV sat below the small windows that went across the whole back wall. Anyway, mom and I were watching TV when we noticed a bunch of lights that were flickering on what we thought was a plane. Mom said, what in the world is a plane doing in the neighborhood? This so-called plane was landing right behind the house across the street, but there was no noise. That's weird. My mom turned out the lights and TV and we stood there watching this thing land. When it finally disappeared completely behind our neighbor's house, we commented on how weird that was and decided to go on to bed. The next morning, there was a knock on our door and my friend who lived in that house across the street asked if I could come over because she wanted to show me something. I got dressed and went over to her house. Lucy, this is not her real name, it's been changed, said that something weird had happened and she wanted to show me her backyard. We went back there and it looked like a fire had happened. Every tree, plant, doghouse, and our clubhouse was flattened and burned. The weird part about it was that it was in a perfect circle. Everything outside the circle was not burned. It was all untouched and perfect. I told Lucy what my mom had seen the night before. We all came to the conclusion that it was a UFO. Another time, I was 14 and my sister and I shared a room in a bed. And we were laying there talking. All of a sudden, Bonnie, my sister, said, Did you see that? I got out of bed and looked out the window and there hovering just above the trees was a silver silver disc shaped thing. Bonnie and I looked at it for a long time discussing if it was a UFO. When it took off, it was like a flash and it was there one minute and then it was gone just like that. My sister and I were sure that it was indeed a UFO. 
So I don't know very many people who don't believe in UFOs. And uh, one of the things that I think is, I think to not believe in UFOs or like that there's other planets out there that might have life on them is really, really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Arrogant, I guess. Like to think that, that we're the only the only people on the planet or in the universe, in the galaxy that exist on a planet and our planet is the only one with, with life. That's incredibly arrogant. Like we, we cannot be the only planet on, in our galaxy, in our universe that has sentient life. Like it's, it's, it, it just, the, the sheer likelihood of that is so low that it's not even funny. So I do believe in aliens and alien adjacent things. Um, this next story is written by Alien Dude, D-E-W-D, and it's from actually the United Kingdom. Um, and it says, it goes on like this. This was a recent event. On Wednesday, 16th, the 16th of September, 2020, I decided to head off for a night of wild camping in Galloway Forest Park in southwest Scotland. I would love to go to Scotland. It's a beautiful area and one of the few dark skies areas in the country. On clear nights, the views above are really quite spectacular. You can actually see the Milky Way on a clear night. Anyway, I got digress. Please digress. I, I love to hear about Scotland. I've been um, there a few times before at Loch Dune, so I decided to head there to try out some new camping equipment I bought this year. I got down there around 5 p.m. and found a nice spot to set up camp right next to the water's edge at, an extreme, at the extreme southern end of the lock where the Carrick Lane flows into the lock. I set up the tent and tarp and decided to set a fire in a natural pit. I sat out until sunset and decided to hunker down around 9 p.m. I quickly fell into a deep sleep. I was awakened abruptly at some point and checked the time on my phone. It was 22.47. I have no idea what time that is in um, American time. Um, I'm thinking like, I don't know, 11 something hearing rummaging around outside. I naturally presumed it was perhaps deer or even amphibians. The area around the tent was quite marshy and I slipped back into a deep sleep. Sometime later, I began coming out of my slumber and was aware that my sleeping position was somewhat unorthodox. My head had slipped off my inflatable pillow and my head was pointing towards the top of my sleeping pad. Although I didn't fully wake I felt a hand grip my shoulder, not tightly, but just enough that I was aware of it. As I lay there semi-awake, this hand began shaking me back and forth fairly violently to such an extent that my entire body, including my head, was rocking. At this point, I lifted my head and refound my pillow. I kept my eyes closed throughout, but once my head was safely back on the pillow, I felt the hand release on my shoulder. I lay there motionless for about 15 seconds or so, aware of a presence in the tent. Excuse me. Oddly enough, I didn't want to open my eyes. I didn't feel it was any, in any way sinister or evil. After around 15 to 20 seconds, I heard the side of my tent and the tarp around it rustle as though someone had brushed against it. It wasn't wind, as it was very isolated in the area where this hand had come from directly behind me. I lay keeping my eyes closed and soon drifted off again into a good sleep. I woke around 6 a.m. and sat watching the sunrise packed up and headed off around 7 a.m. while the, all the while thinking about this experience through the night. I have to share my gut instinct on this. I felt that perhaps the position in which I was sleeping was possibly blocking my airways. I feel this spirit, this ghost, or whatever it was, prevented me from choking in my sleep. I shook, it shook me with the purpose of at least waking me enough that I alter 
I'd alter my position, thereby opening my airways up again and allowing me to breathe. It's then stayed long enough to to be sure I wasn't going to slip back to an unsafe unsafe sleeping position. Some may say I was sleeping the whole time, but I can assure you I wasn't. I know what sleep is and I know what awake is and I know what that limbo which lies between asleep and awake is when you are aware of your surroundings, aware of where of where you are and aware that you are in that space where fully awakening isn't happening or sleep. It's not sleep paralysis. I've never had any point, never at any point felt unable to move or frightened. Indeed, I moved freely when I lifted my head onto the pillow. I never felt like someone was applying pressure to me at any point. I was completely relaxed throughout the experience. I simply felt no desire to open my eyes. I felt I had to share this experience and and wondering if anyone else has experienced something similar to this while camping. I don't know if that was an alien or if that was like, uh, you know, ghost or something. Maybe it was one or the other. I don't know. Um, but it sounds like it was a spirit of some sort that woke him up and said, Hey bro, you got to move your position. Could have been an alien, but I have a strong suspicion that it was not an alien. Could have been someone of the Fae folk or whatever, you know, could have been, could have been anything. Um, it could have just been his, you know, own self. So my next story is by Eros. A-R-O-S, and it comes from Washington. Washington has some pretty, like, intense sighting stories, and there's there's been a lot, like, a lot. I guess, like, there's, I'll, I'll tell you more about it in the episode, but there's some guy over in eastern Washington that has seen a boatload of um, UFOs and stuff, so it's pretty interesting. Anyway, this story is by Eros, and it comes from Washington, and um, it was, and it goes a little something like this. Forgive the long story, as I'm going to tell, use it as sort of a catch-all for several experiences that tend tend to be related. As stated in my other stories published here, I have had paranormal experiences for much of my life. I have experienced, I have especially been drawn to the UFO ET phenomenon ever since I can remember. When other children my age were flipping through pages of Dr. Seuss, I was enthralled by page after page of black and white photos of UFOs. Dude, same. This was a strange passion I couldn't consciously quantify that would be a driving force throughout my entire, throughout my adult life. Excuse me. My first UFO sighting came in my teens in the 1980s. Dude would have been fucking old if he was 1880s. Ah, there's that COVID brain. Gotta love it. I live in the Pacific Northwest and have visual access to Mount Rainier in most areas of my region. So that would be like in the Tacoma and Fife area, that kind of stuff. Um, One bright sunny day, I noticed a flash of light that caught my eye. I looked towards Mount Rainier and there was this massive ball of what looked like flames. At first, I thought I was witnessing a rare and powerful daylight meteor, but this was too large and traveling too slowly to be a meteor. It just chugged along for what seemed like minutes. From that point on, I have seen multiple UFO sightings ranging from intriguing balls of light in the sky to chrome-looking stationary balls hovering over the Boeing aerospace facility in the valley. That kind of makes sense because um, Boeing, you know, airplanes, all that kind of stuff, they do things. Who knows? Maybe it was like some experimental stuff. You never know. In one frightening sighting, I was traveling from New Jersey back to my home in Washington on a continental flight. 
and this would terrify the shit out of me. I spotted these flight these lights in the distance in the distance that seemed to be moving parallel with our plane. As we began our descent into SeaTac Airport, the lights began to fly towards us. Due to the cloudy and foggy conditions, I couldn't make out anything, but as it got too close, the lights took on a V or Delta configuration. I flew right behind and flew right behind us. I thought for sure it was going to hit us and my life would come to an end under mysterious circumstances. My obsession with UFOs and ETs was at this point insatiable. I couldn't get enough. I would I would fantasize about being one of the lucky ones who would be brought aboard a spacecraft and interact with a non-human intelligence. Not the negative probing ones, mind you. Nobody wants those ones. But the ones who seem technologically and spiritually advanced. That seems like a much better solution and situation, to be perfectly honest. In 1997, I finally made conscious contact with what I believe was a non-human intelligence. I was living alone at the time in an apartment. I had just gotten up from bed to go to the bathroom. I came back and laid on my back, and that was when I saw it. Although it was dark out and there, there was a soft moonlight shining in from my blinds, which made the room just light enough to discern shadows and shapes. Dude is a very good storyteller. I like it. Picasso. For instance, I had a TV at the foot of my bed. You shouldn't have a TV in your bedroom. And I could clearly see its outline in this light. There, directly in front of the TV, was what appeared to be a large bald head. Nobody likes the little gray dudes. My fight or flight instincts instincts instantly kicked in and my heart began to race and panic was imminent. I quickly discerned I was unable to move. To this day, I am unclear if it was due to such an adrenaline rush of fear in my system or if something external could was causing this immobility could be a little bit of both suddenly this being floated over to my side of the bed it did not walk it did not jaunt it floated it did not jaunt i was completely and utterly beside myself all these years of hoping to be contacted here i was a i was here i was wide awake with something clearly not human inches from me and it was everything i could do not to scream i had a fucking belted bloody murder be careful what you wish for, they say. That they do. Suddenly, this being took my hand and gently squeezed. The last thing I remember at that moment was the feel of its hand was neither warm nor cold to the touch, but felt like someone was wearing surgical gloves. Gross. I'll for- never forget that. I would never forget that either. Suddenly, I was transported to the moment where I was a small child in my bed with my hand dangling over the side. I don't do that. And something squeezed it, which caused me to scream out in sheer terror. That would be why I don't do that. I wrote about that experience titled Ghostly Hand Squeezes Mine as a Child. From there, and this is another story that they have on yourghoststories.com. From there, the next thing I literally recall is waking up in the morning fully light outside. Of course, bravery comes in retrospect as I suddenly wished I had engaged the entity in conversation. We always, it's, you always have the argument over again in the shower, you know, and, and think of the things you would have said. Same situation kind of applies here. I do not consciously recall if it spoke to me in any way. The only thing I can I recall after my hand was squeezed was that memory of being a child. It was also around this time that I woke in the morning with the word Eros in huge red block letters in my mind's eye. I had never experienced anything so clearly like that in my life. I spent years trying to look up the meaning of it, but never could to my satisfaction. I mean, it's kind of a different spelling of Eros, which is the other name for Cupid. Um, I spent years, blah, 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 blah. I finally came to the conclusion it is my real name, as in my real spiritual name. I have been using it as my online handle ever since. A year or so later, I attended a psychic fair in Seattle. I didn't know they did those. 
Sounds fun. I read, I had a reading done and this psychic accurately mentioned my contact experience to me without saying, without me saying anything. She said that it came from the white brotherhood, which I immediately took some offense to as it sounded like some racist organization. She insisted it was anything, but I later did some research and discovered there is allegedly such an advanced species with that title overlooking humanity. Sorry. <laughs> Forgot what I was reading. Is that, is that who made contact with me in 1997? Was that the same being or entity that grasped my hand as a small child? Was it trying to tell me it was always with me? I may never get the answers to these questions until my physical body dies and my soul moves back home where remembrance and knowledge are currency. However, I'll never stop trying to find those answers before my time ends in this lifetime. I hope that one day I will remember who Eros really was and I hope that moment will be filled with joy. I don't know how that happened. I accidentally put the same story in here twice. Um, all of these stories are on a Google Docs, in case you were wondering. Okay, so my next story is written by Bakeroo Bakeroo. Um, and this one takes place in Texas. And it goes like this. There is a lake not far from where I lived when, when I was little called Lake Fort Phantom. Interesting. Sounds like a cheesy title of a ghost movie. Yes, it does. But it's a real place. Google it. It has a Wikipedia page. I'm gonna. Fort Phantom was used during the Civil War. Not surprised. And was abandoned in the early 1900s. Also not surprised. Over the past century, countless stories have come from there. And some of them are big enough to end up on the local news. Skeptics think that people's imaginations get the better of them because the place looks creepy. I'm going to have to look it up because I like creepy things. I was really little, maybe four or five, and we went there all of the time when I was little. But this specific time, I saw something. One night after a day at the lake, my mom, dad, and I were driving behind the lake taking a shortcut home. You should never take shortcuts home. I was supposed to be wearing my seatbelt. You should always wear your seatbelt. But back then, I didn't like to. Of course not, because four and five-year-olds are little brats. I was on my knees in my, my seat facing back. Of course you were. Watching the dirt road in the red light of the rear lights suddenly in the distance i saw movement it looked like a massive bird but it changed into other shapes the whole time we were driving behind the lake that night it followed us constantly changing shape no one else saw it but i know what i saw i can see it now as clearly as i did back then this one may be more of a ufo story than a ghost story because i can't even figure out what that was but because all of the stories from the lake were ghost stories i guess it may have been that there was one night when i was five when I witnessed something I still can't understand, I couldn't sleep, but I was looking at my bedroom door. I saw a figure standing there, and it slid between the wall and the fridge, which was next to my door, and in clear sight from where I was lying. Then there were two figures, and they pulled out the fridge a few feet and pushed it back. A few minutes later, my dad came running into the kitchen and asked me what that noise was, so I know I didn't dream this. I said, I didn't know, because I was five, and I didn't know those things. Those are the two biggest experiences from my childhood. I'll post more in a bit. I experienced more as I grew older. I cannot wait to read those. Um, so I'm going to go with not aliens. I'm going to go with probably ghosts of some sort or just a four or five year old's imagination because they can think up some shit that you would never believe because they have amazingly, you know, vivid imaginations like that's just how children are that's that's you know we grow m most adults grow out of that you know and we lose that 
innocence and those imaginations and stuff like that, which is really sad. But sometimes they don't, which is how we get people like Stephen King and, you know, all of those artists and author, authors and stuff. So next story. This one is written by Wilfred. Love that name, by the way. 114. And this comes out of Michigan. Um, and it goes like this. My father, my mother and father-in-law took their big European vacation in the summer of 2014, leaving the farm, their sprawling lake property in southwest Michigan, unattended. My wife and sister-in-law took care of most of the chores while their parents were gone, taking turns feeding the animals, checking the mail, and taking care of a number of other chores. That's nice of them. During midweek off from work, I volunteered my friend Dustin and myself for farm duties. Nice of you. We completed the chores as quickly as possible and then grilled some food and enjoyed the lake for a couple of hours. I probably would have done the exact same. We returned to the kitchen shortly before dusk to make sure we didn't forget anything and checking the chore list in the kitchen. That's also very nice of you. This is around the time things started to feel weird. I began to feel very on edge and took a seat in the sunroom. It felt as if a weight came down on the house. The fear I was experiencing was real, but I had no indication of why I was feeling it. Dustin entered the sunroom and sat across from me on the couch. He had a nervous look on his face and asked, what is it? I told him I didn't feel right. We sat there for a while. I'm not sure how long, nervously talking. Dustin became almost tearful at one point, disclosing paranormal stories from his childhood involving some sort of entity in his bedroom. It felt like something bad was going to happen any minute, but what? Then it happened. I noticed the strangest light I've ever seen just outside the door, near the top of the porch. It looked like dozens of brilliant blue laser lights moving in multiple directions. It was totally dark outside and I couldn't make out the source of the light. I needed this to be something rational, something I could explain away, so I popped up and started heading for the door. Dustin stopped me abruptly, shouting, sit down, and I complied with his request and took my seat. I would be freaked out if somebody did that to me. I'd be like, no, sir. We sat there in the sunroom for a few more minutes talking and even joking about what just happened. The mood eventually lifted and we headed home. It wasn't until later that I fully understood the high strangeness of that light. Dustin and I talked about the incident from time to time at work, and it's Dustin's view of the light that provides the most interesting account. He was facing me, and his back was to the spinning laser lights. What he witnessed was a large blue box, which was perfectly formed, with no light spilling over the edges. He explained, It had more lines, or boxes moving inside the main box, and it moved from right to left, appearing to scan the wall, and me. He states that it was the most brilliant blue, and it fully illuminated everything it touched. Uh, He told me later that he fully expected something ghostly or alien to enter the room after that light, hence his demands to sit down. And that's basically where the story ends. And I feel like there could have been a lot more to it. And um, I really am going to have to go back now and check and see if this person had um, updated anything. Um, Because that would be wholly fucking terrifying to me to have to... um, to have my friend do something like that and then explain all that stuff to me like that's that's wild like that is insane yeah so those are the stories for today um that I decided to do this little um storytelling venture to lead up into the episode um I'm not quite sure how long the episode is going to be um I'm, I've got stuff happening for Pacific Northwest, but I might venture a little bit out. Um, I'm going to try not to talk about the really super famous, um, story that everybody knows. 
that everybody always talks about. I might find some different ones besides that one. Um, I might touch on it a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so that was today's episode. I hope you enjoyed those score stories and the little um, prelude to the upcoming episode. Um, enjoy your weekend. I hope you come and listen to the episode on Sunday. Um, also, COVID really fucking sucks. Get get vaccinated, you know, and it just is awful. I didn't appreciate it. I didn't like it. I was really upset because I'd gone three whole years <laughs> without a fucking single infection and I've been exposed multiple times dozens of times and I finally got it um my mom says that it's because I was bragging that I hadn't gotten it and I'm not really I wouldn't be surprised okay whatever um next week I do start school again um my break is over which like 89% of it was spent with COVID so that's why I didn't get any of the things done that I wanted to get done for that time So anyway, keep it real, keep it spooky, believe in aliens because it's arrogant not to. And, um, I hope everybody just keeps it real and keeps it spooky and enjoys themselves. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Bye.